What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Boardroom Network. This is the Out of Office Podcast, and this is podcast number 12. And as always, with my main man, Gianni Harrell. Gianni, what's up? What's up, Mr. Kleiman? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Incredible guest on today. One of those one of those guests that like we geek out a bit because this is the one of those like transcendent athletes and one of those cultural icons that it's bigger than his stats and it's bigger than um, you know if he won a Super Bowl or not. When it's all said and done, and we talk about football players that we watched on the field, the eye test, which to me is stronger than anything else. This guy is an A plus. Would you agree? And 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 I'm sure you were a kid when he was really bumping, right? Listen, Vic is it's indescribable the way his impact on culture, let alone sports. Like if he dropped, I hope Nike re-drops his kicks. I would cop a pair. Well, we need to talk to him about that. So, I think if you're listening, or if you looked on the uh, little description of what our podcast was about today, it's. It's um, a real pleasure to have on today the one and only Mr. Michael Vick. Oh, my God. Mike, welcome to the podcast. How are you, man? What's up, babe? Thanks for having me, man. Man, it is an honor to have you. Um, So let's just talk about, like, yesterday for a second while I have you because I'm still on my football high. Yeah, me too. I'm sure you're watching a a ton of games, obviously, for your job and just because you love the sport. But Baltimore-Philly yesterday must have had a a different relevance for you with Lamar being so closely compared to you and Philly being one of your stops. What what, did you think about the game yesterday? I I thought it was a good game. I want to say, first and foremost, Carson Wentz, he battled. He, he battled. He, he, it wasn't easy for him. He's dealing with a lot of issues, man, all across the board from not having star players out there to having players hurt. And he giving it 100% effort. I tell you this, he's earning the $100 million that he's making. How tough is that Philly media, man? It's brutal, man. Like, but, but this is the one thing that the media do for you in Philly. It make you enhance your game. Like, they make you play, like, either you're going to bring it or you're going to get booed. And, 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 and it's kind of cool because it demands a lot out of the player. Like, you got to give it you got to give it 110%. You got to find a way to, 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 to get the victory. If not, they, the, the city and the whole town will let you know. It's crazy, too. Like, New York media is bad, but Eli Manning, for winning a Super Bowl, got a pass, right? I think right. Wentz is free game because even though Philly won that Super Bowl, it's like the fans and the media don't fully attribute him as a real member right. of it. Um, so yeah. he's having it tough right now. Yeah, that's like a that's like a weird feeling, like a, a weird position to be in if you think about it. But but I, I, what I think people got to realize and understand, and even I have to, is that Carson Wentz was a big reason that the team even had a chance to go to the playoffs. So they was, what, I think like 9-1 and one when he went down. So... You know, I think as he grow older, you know, as he grow older in the sport and the game, he'll appreciate that ring more than 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 we'll ever know because he know the part that he took in in, in making that happen and, and the sacrifices he made and the team the team was in a good position when he left him in that position. So, you know, and he'll appreciate it more over time. I'll say that. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the Warriors 
were very kind to give me two rings for both championship seasons, and I really didn't yeah. do anything. So, and I appreciate right. them. So I'll tell Carson Wentz will definitely appreciate him one day because yeah. you're right. You yeah. put a lot of work in. Um, when you watch Lamar Jackson, like, do you have a close relationship with him? I, I've heard you do. Yeah, yeah, I got a good relationship with Lamar. Uh, I seen Lamar like two weeks ago at the uh, Baltimore Chiefs Chiefs game, and uh, you know, just always good to catch up, man. Like, you know, the thing me and Lamar talked about, always talked about, was just how the NFL wasn't going to be any different in college once you caught up with the speed of the game and you you understood, you know, what the offense you was running uh, um, was about and what you could get out of it and how to beat the defense. Once he once I explained that to him. I think I think he was ready to come into the NFL after his sophomore year. Um, really, I, he just had to play one more season. Um, but I, I th- really think mentally he was ready. You know, after his sophomore season. It's crazy to me. Um, again, as a Giant fan, you'll see that common thread. I'll just keep plugging that. Um, yeah. <laughs> even at one and five, I'll plug it. Um, yeah, and you're supposed to. There you go. True fan. Yep. So. I can't believe Lamar Jackson. Like, I still can't believe that system's so broken. Um, I can't believe it. But the fact that Lamar Jackson was so available to the Giants. And I love Saquon. Uh, but just right, not right, just right. the Giants, just so many teams. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You, you, know what I, you know what I told my – I want to say this for TV, but, you know, I'm going to just say it right now because we talking. <laughs> I was watching, I was just watching the debate on TV, and they were talking about the Cleveland Browns, and I'm like, won't Lamar Jackson in the same draft that Baker Mayfield was in? And I'm like, man, if it don't go right with Baker Mayfield, hopefully it do. He finds some success. By them from playing in the same division, same draft, somebody made the wrong pick. You know, Lamar's here, and Baker's like like there, and and somebody gonna get fired. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Lamar Lamar turned out to be as advertised, you know? Yeah, and you know what? A lot of, I mean, beyond Cleveland, right? Like, I look at Patrick Mahomes. I look at Deshaun Watson. I look, obviously, Russell Wilson. You look at Lamar Jackson now. Like, there's a whole handful of people that should get fired. I I do believe, (laughs) I do believe that people are still drafting to this day with this certain lens on as if this is football in the 19 whatever decade it is right within this old school pro style offense and these are obvious misses these are obvious misses yeah i mean everybody's shooting their shot but you gotta think it's only one lamar jackson you know who comes out you know you might have you know four guys who are prototypical pocket passes and it's unfortunate for teams you only get one pick you know what i'm saying and but that pick has to be well thought out. Like you got to think five or six years ahead with this pick, and and, and instantly you got to start building around them if you're gonna make that pick. From from the coaching staff to the players, you know. So you know, that's kind of like the general manager side of me talking. But like I I just know what it takes to get the most out of a player, whether he's a pocket guy or, or a dual threat guy. You know, you gotta you gotta make it work. You gotta you gotta find the right one. You gotta make it work. Yep, With, without question. And when there's transcendent yeah. talent, you know those things should be breaking systems and analytics. And it's yes. called the eye test, man. So, yes. speaking of transcendent talent, um, KD and I worked on this film called In the Water about basketball players from PG County. 
Um, right. Speaking of something being in the water, Newport News was home to both you and AI, two of arguably the most gifted athletes any sport, any time ever, and two of the biggest cultural icons to come out of sports ever. So tell me about Newport News and what was in the water there growing up. I mean, Newport News was, um, you know, it was a cool city to grow up in. Like, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, a lot of, you know, my, my just my character, you know, was built, you know, in Newport News. Um, certainly, like, principles and, and, and based on the people that I was around, people that I met, um, you know, morals and values through my mom, you know, who, who grew up in, in the struggle, you know, 20 years before me, before she had me, and then still, you know, raised me through that that same environment, the same struggle, and, and uh, you know, you know, it was like, you know, for her about the, like 38 years of, you know, seeing the same thing and, and you know, growing up for me, I, I, I seen it after like 15 years and like, you know, there's got to be something better, you know what I'm saying? But ever since I was a kid, I always dreamt of, of playing in, in the National Football League, playing pro ball. But, but you know, as I grew up in Newport News, you know, I seen all these great ones coming before me, you know, AI and Aaron Brooks and, and you know, I seen Bruce Smith, you know, I, I seen guys making it. And I'm like, man, I, I love doing what they do. And, and I I see the path they on. I'm going to try to take that path, you know. So I, I let that that dream, you know, become a reality. And then I had to work for it and push for it. So, so growing up in that environment just made me dream and think big. And, uh, you know, but I knew it was all on me. You know, I knew if I didn't do it, there wasn't another person in my family who probably was going to, had that same focus, you know, that, that I had. And, and I, I, so, so I felt the responsibility, but I, I, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was, a, it was a tough fight, and, but I fought through it and still fighting through it. So what age is that where you like are aware of the gift you have and make the decision to turn, to kind of turn it up and like focus and, and put your goals as playing in the NFL? Like nine years old, honestly. Um, I will say I was like 10, but when I was nine, I was really good. I played quarterback. I was really good. Um, so, you know, I was going to try to stick with quarterback. But my dream, I couldn't dream of being a, a you know, an NFL quarterback. You know, I was thinking of a positions at the time. So my focus shifted running back. And then it, then it shifted to receiver. So I was kind of like all over the place, but. That, that dream is there. I'm like, if I make it, I'm going to make it at something. Like one of these positions is going down. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but then, long story, you know, um, a guy who was playing quarterback and, you know, rest in peace, you know, to, to Abdullah McClain, he, he, he ain't make it one year, man. He was like 12 years old. He ain't make it. And I was the last man standing. But I played quarterback in hood and, and – you know, when I was growing up and coach was like, I need one. I need a quarterback. It's exactly how it happened. He was like, I need a quarterback. I looked at the team, looked around me, looked at the guys. It was 13 of us. Barely had 11 man rock. Barely had 11 to go out, play both sides. I just raised my hand. I was 11 years old and I've been a quarterback ever since. So, man, that's how it happened. It was cool, man. Real cool. Yeah. I, Kevin's brother, Tony, the other day was telling me that when he was younger, because I told him that we were getting on the pod and about the project we've been talking about working on, and he was saying yeah. that 
his friends when he was younger in Maryland. And if, if you started throwing the ball around and you talked about wanting to be quarterback, the coaches were quickly telling you, not hold up, like, let's get you out at wide receiver. Let's get you at tailback. So did you, yeah. for, from 11 on, when the first coach gave you that shot and, you know, the unfortunate circumstance led to your opportunity, were you getting pulled back from that position as you were going through high school? Nah, man, you know, so, ironically, my first day, a high school ball tryouts, my coach, who I love to this day, got a great relationship with, it was three of us. And I heard about the two guys that was in front of me that, that, because I was a new kid coming to the school. Those guys were sophomores. And I heard about them, you know, and, and the guys who had played junior varsity before was talking about, you know, we still got this guy named Sheldon and it's another guy. He got a strong arm, this, that, and third. So I, I, I knew that it was some competition. And I couldn't wait to see these guys size them up. And, and I'm like, I'm 14. And, and I see him, and I'm like, okay, one guy's bigger than me. He's a little more stockier. You know, I'm like, he lefty just like me. And then there was another guy named Monty. I was like, yo, I got him, but I don't know about this guy. Coach had us do a drill. All three of us on one knee, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And I happened to just look back, and I seen my coach pointing at me like, it's him. He the one. He the one. And I'm like, he seen what he needed to saw. And that was just off one knee, just – Throwing, you know, just throwing with some accuracy. So it's funny you ask me that because that, that's how I got yep. the position solidified in high school to play junior varsity. I threw 27 touchdown passes in seven games, and then they put they pulled me up to varsity, man. So my that, that little that little short lived JV career, junior varsity career was was a blur. Yeah, it was a blur. It, it, I was so good. It happened so fast and. Man, it, it, that was the moment, man, I became the quarterback. And nobody ever tried to change my position. That coach was always adamant about not changing my position. And, and he tried to make sure that the coaches in college knew the same thing before I got there. When did you know you were NFL bound? Uh, after my first season at Virginia Tech. My first season started going to the national championship. You know, I just felt like the NFL couldn't be so more, much different. Probably more sophisticated and uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, fluff and things going going on. But if I could catch on to that, I felt like I'd be a pretty good NFL quarterback. And I was like, the game is not going to change too much from what it is now. Like, I know how to play the game. Like, you know, what what dictates um, what you can do within the framework of, a, of an offense and a system. And, and, and you learn that from learning defenses first. And then, and then learning your offense. And then, you know, it's like chess, you know, it's, all, it's just a big chess match. And then decision-making. And you got to make the right decisions, like 65% of the time, you know what I'm saying, throughout the course of a, a game, you know, and, and, and just if, you, if the, you had that success rate, boom, nine times out of ten, you got a chance at winning. So, uh, yeah, man, crazy stuff. That's crazy. So it looked really cool. It's, <laughs> was college fun? Yeah, it was amazing. College was so fun. I hope college was so fun. I barely, I barely left. Like when it was time for me to leave, like they like, oh, well, all right, man, first round pick is you. You up? I'm like, nah, I'm having a good time out here. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get in all the spots free. I eat free on campus. You know, life is. Why? Why would I leave this? <laughs> And go to that, you yeah. know. I mean, I, I'm all right. My money's not an issue right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get a Pell Grant every 
whatever. But yeah. The campus is mine. I wasn't ready to get that up. That's amazing. And man. then um uh, and then and then I called back home and, and reality is set in. <laughs> they said, please go to the NFL, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like uh Hey, um, Mike, can you help me? Can you send me ninety dollars? I gotta pay my phone. I gotta pay the phone bill down here. I'm like, oh, mom. Oh, yeah, I'll send it right now. Yeah, I gotta, fact, I gotta leave college now. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, mom, we ain't gonna keep doing this, you know. <laughs> so, what's what's amazing is I gave all those examples of Lamar, uh, Deshaun, Patrick Mahomes being drafted later rounds yep. in the in today's day. Yeah. Dan Reeves, a, a prototypical, like, old-school coach, traded up in the draft to draft you as the first pick and the first black quarterback ever drafted as the first pick. Did you understand the significance of the moment at that time? No, I didn't. I didn't, man. But just as you explained it, that, 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 was, that, was, that was huge, man, because, you know, Dan had worked with John for a year, for a number of years, and then he had Chris Chandler, and they went to a Super Bowl. So, you know, that's two different quarterbacks and maybe five Super Bowls total. And for him to trade up and grab me thinking that I could be another John Elway type of, you know, quarterback for him. And he was using me that way. Like, and it means more to me to this day, like now, and hearing you say that than when it actually happened, when I was living through that moment. And uh, it's funny because Coach Reeves called me like two weeks ago and we, and we spoke and, and he's just telling me how much he loved me and how much he watched me on TV. And he was like, you know, you must have learned something. When we, when you must have took away something from the game when I was teaching. I'm like, Coach, man, I, I might not have asked the most questions. And, and I shook my head a lot of times, you know, because I respected you so much. But I heard every word that was coming out of your mouth. And, you know, hopefully my, my, my play on the field showed you that you know, and uh, the respect level is going to always be there. So, yeah, man, it was cool moments, man. Cool moments. That's incredible. So, I, so and I, I heard you mention it, but did he adjust his way and his style of coaching all those years yeah. to now right away fit you in to what you were and how to play to your strengths? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I used to be scared of Dan Reeves from afar when I was dreaming and watching the NFL. You know, he used to walk the sidelines like Tom Landry with the suit on. You know, like he's, he was a Tom Landry yeah. protege. He came up under his tree. And uh, I'm like, man, I never want to play for that guy. All he do is fuss at John Elway. He wear that suit walking up and down the sideline like you mean. And then he drafted me. And, you know, I think when, he, when he drafted me, he had went through a lot with his players. And, and uh, you know, like his, his heart had been softened. Like, he, yep. like I got him when he was a sponge. So, you know, I can get away with a lot. Yeah. He didn't treat me like he treated John. You know, he was a little soft on me, which probably, you know, it, it yep. probably hurt at times, you know, because um, I was expecting him to be one way and then he was another. And then, but it was, it was, su it was super cool. And he, and he, he catered to, to my strengths. Like, Coach was running QB ISOs with me back in the day, QB sweeps, quarterback draws. He used my talent. Like, I had one of my best years, threw for 3,000 my second year. 2,900, 3,000, and ran for 777. That's, you know, 3,800 total yards of offense, one man. That's So crazy. he got that out of me in 02. Yep. And we beat Green Bay in the playoffs and made history, and that's never been done before. So that's what I wanted to ask you. I, you, I saw you made the Pro Bowl three times. I, maybe I'm assuming wrong, but was one of those three years your best chance to win the Super Bowl too, you think? Yeah, my second year, 
Um, that year we beat Green Bay, and, and, and then my, I would say my fourth year when we went to the NFC Championship game, but that was without Dan, and that was with a totally different coaching staff and a different offense. But, yeah, those two years and then the year in Philly, really the year in Philly, um, 2010, the year I won, won comeback player of the year. That was our year to win it all. Mm-hmm. Green Bay beat us. Beginning of the year, and they beat us in the playoffs, man. And, um, yeah, we, we got close, man. We got close, but, but man, we, yeah. we certainly had the team to do it. I'll tell you that. See, it, you know, we'll get to Philly in a second, but I want to talk just about those teams in Atlanta – uh, for a second, you know, when I speak to KD and other athletes as a fan and my um, definition of fan is anybody that never played professionally. That's like a fact yeah. now. Right. Yeah. There's no such thing as an expert. Like if you didn't play, right. you're a fan um, right. was for me as a fan. I was like, Atlanta is changing the the scope of 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 football right now. Sports. You know, mm-hmm. Nike deals, endorsement deals. How crazy was that time? Like becoming a millionaire overnight. What was that time in Atlanta like? I mean, it was a really cool time because, you know, not only was was the sports world, you know, really popping, it, it was the entertainment world too. I mean, you know, Outkast was already doing their thing and um, you know, Ludacris was coming on the scene and the T.I. just came on the scene crazy and then Jeezy and then Gucci was already doing his thing. Like it was like, like just as much as the, the the entertainment world was was or the sports world was thriving, the entertainment world was too. So it was like one big merge and mesh, and everybody was just like happy for one another and spending time with one another. And you know, guys still got good relationships to this day from that. You know, so it was just all love in Atlanta. And I didn't really understand the scope of what was happening. I I just was putting so much pressure on myself to be great on the field because I'm like. If I don't do my job on the field, ain't nobody going to respect me when they see me, you know, out in traffic, man. So, you know, I just wanted the respect from my peers, you know, whether they was in the sports industry or the entertainment industry. I had respect for them them, and I wanted them to have respect for me. You know, I see how Jay-Z and Rock Nation are um, involved with the NFL now. I can only imagine if that was built into the NFL's infrastructure when you were playing because you became yeah. this iconic figure um, and you had your deals and video games that were incredible and you were the cheat code of life um, on a yeah. video game. But, you know, the NFL didn't know how to market you the right way. You, they didn't know how to make you the face of the NFL, which you should have been. Yeah, well, well, I mean, everything happens in time and, and it took for, for a, a mogul like Jake like Jay-Z to, to help, you know, Roger, because, you know, Roger make a lot of the, the decisions. You know, Jay and his team and the whole Rock Nation team, they, you know, they they helped them to understand, like, you know, this is kind of where the world is trending and this is really cool. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's entertainment. You know, it's entertainment at the finest. We entertain it on the field, playing ball, and why not get a little more entertainment, you know, from all genres, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's been presented you know, in the right way, you know, with, with the right group. And I don't think anybody else could have pulled that off, um, you know, other than Rock Nation. So, you know, shout out to the Rock, man. They, they you know, super competent people. Yeah. Um, is there a moment, like, do you wake up in your sleep? I love when I can hear athletes be like, man, I just remember that play in 2004. If this, like, if he catches that man. and we get the first down. 
that's drive me crazy to this still to this day. <laughs> Yo, I I was just man, like so many moments I'd be talking to my boys and I see something happen on TV. Baker might throw a pass and Ben might do something or Lamar might do something and it just make me recollect. You know what I'm saying? Well, I see a game being lost in a certain way and I'm like, I remember that happened to me. I see a game being won a certain way. Like football games is like movies, man. It was like movies. And, and, and you was that director. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta go out there and you shoot it. Yeah. And 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 do be picture perfect doing it. You know, but you know, just like in any profession, man, the, the professionalism gotta come out and I, I think the greatness come through just, you know, living it that living that moment out. Yep. And making it a success best way you can. I like that analogy, though. It's like you're looking at scenes and you're like, I would have shot that differently, man. Right, right. Yeah, especially when you go back and look at film. And then the crazy part about the you know, NFL, probably with any other professional sport, is that you watch your opponent all week. So you can easily become, you know, inferior of your opponent and be like somewhat afraid. I remember when shit got bad for you, like I remember it and I can only speak for myself. You know, I was all just pro you. I felt like all my peers, all my friends, I understood the moment, you know what I mean? I understood yeah. it all, but I just felt myself just being like, I know this guy, I, I, I'm an energy guy. I'm, I'm like a spirit guy, I see you. Like you were, yeah. everyone knew you were not, you were a good dude. Um, yeah, yeah. when shit got bad, man, like I, I've read crazy things, bro. This isn't like Barbara Walters on like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, no, you know no, what I mean? Good. But I read crazy good. shit. Like you're Michael Vick, you're on top of the world. And this thing it was crazy. crashes down and I like making 12 cents an hour as a janitor. I'm reading like, did you think it was done? Like, forget the reason for a second. Did you think it was done? Nah, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was done, done, because I, I, I had numerous conversations, maybe like three conversations with Roger Goodell before I went in, and throughout the process, and, you know, I got into a little trouble um, going through the process, even while I was in that, you know, and, and we had to have discussions behind closed doors, and it was like, look, man, you know, it's either going to be this or that, and you're going to, you know, we understand that you got to go do spend some time in jail, but you need to reevaluate a lot of things while you're doing this. You know what I'm saying? Because it's light at the end of the tunnel. We're gonna be here for you when it's all, when it's over. Like that was the that was the part that that was that was my motivation. You know, that my family and like they just don't know. Like they know how much you know that motivated me to get to the finish line. Cause man, I, I mean, I ain't no street dude by any stretch. I never envisioned it being in prison. I just wish I'd have made some better decisions. Mm -hmm. So you know. They, the league was all, always there for me. Like, if you do it right, we'll help you on the other side, man. So, like, that was that was all the optimism I needed. But they was there for me. Do you think that, uh, and, and we don't have to get into any details, but do you think that there was part of just kind of the old school tradition, I think, that people felt like athletes went into this world, too many people around them, and we've all been through it when you're young, uh, is that like you just look up and some shit happened, like something happened, like you're just like how that, how did it even happen? Like we was, it was all good just a week ago. Like was it a little bit of just life got crazy? Yeah, it was just life got crazy, man. Spied out of control. Like um, 
I mean, it's amazing how life can move moving so fast and you in control of so much, but you really ain't in control. Like if you was in control, it would have never happened. And I and I and I lost control. Like I lost control in a major way. And it cost me, man. And it, and and like it was supposed to. Like that was supposed to be an example to a lot of people. Like I look at a lot of guys' lives now and I'm like, I just be looking like, man, I hope he ain't gonna do some stupid shit and, and just screw up everything that mm-hmm. he got going on in his life. I hope he ain't got no demons. You know what I'm saying? No demons and you know, hang around the wrong people. Like it's easy to it's easy to go, yep. you know, left, man, when you're supposed to be going right. It's so easy. So easy to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do the wrong thing. It's hard to do the right thing. Do you feel like you have you made it a responsibility of yours now when you see that or if you feel that feeling from somebody? Uh, or is it a tough thing to reach out to someone you don't know and just give them your advice? I mean, I would, but, you know, I, I'd be feeling like it's just so personal. Um, but but I, if I feel in the, the need to reach out to somebody, I will, man, because, you know, you got to protect what you, the things that you have in life. And, and you know, we work so hard to get to certain situations. And then once we get there, like our expectations go to, a, to another level. And when we've been held accountable, you know, to a lot of people, more people than we know, you know, but we 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 take that for granted. Yeah. So can't take that for granted because, like, life is real. Yeah. I mean, it's, shit is real. Yeah. And 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 my last thing on that subject is that beyond it being real is, you know, with that gift and with that responsibility, when you're in the limelight, you know, the same mistake that I made in my 20s and 30s, I did. I didn't. I didn't have but my family to really be accountable to and have to forgive uh, or, or have forgiveness from. Um, and you instantly get a second chance where, you know, in the media and in sports a lot, for some reason, you, people just don't want to give you a second chance. Isn't it? Yeah. And, that's the, and that's the lesson that is, has to be told at times because it's, it's unfortunate with it, but it's just a certain awareness that you have to know coming into it. Yeah, and, and it's a reality too. Yeah. Like some people don't want to forgive you, like, yep. and it's not because of you. It's because they, you know, some people grow up and they believe in. I believe this, and I believe that. You can't change them. You can't change their mind, their mental, and you got to respect that too. That's why, like, man, that's the reason why people say, "Man, walk that fine line." That phrase just wasn't made up for no reason. That phrase got significant meaning. Like, mm-hmm. walk the fine line. But it don't, it don't mean a line is a thin line. It means it's going a straight line. You know what I'm saying? Do things right. Gianni and I were talking the other day about, um, like, it seems obvious, but when people are there for you when, when shit gets real, that's just different. It's just, a, yeah. you know, it's a different kind of relationship. It's a different kind of friend. And a lot of times those relationships end up becoming more meaningful and you didn't realize how meaningful they were in your life until right. shit gets bad. Who helped you get through that dark time in your life? Mm. I mean, I, I consider, I consider Andy Reid a great friend, man. Like I, I consider coach Reed cause I, I was still a work in progress before I got to Philly. You know what I'm saying? And, and not, my high school coach was there too. But uh, I spent a lot of time talking to Andy Reid, like on a personal level. Um, because I was a I was a grown man, like I was I was older and I was grown. He had dealt with Donovan. He raised Donovan, you know what I mean? Since and then, and then he was getting me in like my eighth ninth year, so he he knew how to handle me. And 
It was just so much I learned about life and people and you know, character, body language, you know, representation. You know, so many little things. Like, Coach just called me to his office and just he wanted to see where my head was at. And I, I respected that, man. Like, if I ever coached down the road in my life, you know, I always want to help kids. So if I have a coach one day, man, like, I'm going to spend a lot of time with my players just checking on their mental, making sure that they, you know, mm-hmm. they're fully functioning. That's amazing. So Andy Reid, Andy Reid seems to be that kind of guy, and I'm I'm so happy to hear you say that because yeah, he's more than the coach. Yeah, he's more than the coach. Yeah. Did you guys connect? Like, how how long in the making was going to Philly, and what was that process? Like, he reached out to you. Yeah. Um. Surprisingly, my agent called me and was like, "The, the Eagles want you." I'm like, "The Eagles out of, of all teams, honey. I mean, hot. You know, it should, be, it should be a couple more options. Like, who else? You know, I go somewhere and compete and but, you know, it, it worked out because my wife is from Philly. You know, I, I always had a lot of respect for the Philadelphia Eagles in general. I could I could never get past them to go to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, but I also looked at it as if when am I going to play? You know, they had Donovan. They had just drafted Kevin Cobb in the second round two years before. And, like, what do I fit in? Then I instantly seen that it was an opportunity for me to just learn, just get back into football shape. I was out of shape. Like 225 pounds, my playing weight was like 215. You know, so I had to get myself back. And they seen that, you know, when I couldn't see it. You know, I'm like, I need to play. And the only reason I wanted to play, my only motivation was to get back and show people I still had it. And how good was that going to go? Like, that that was worthless. Like, it, people already knew I could play. I got to show them that I could get yep. back. So the path was really cool in terms of uh, the people who – paved the way for that path, like my agent, you know, Tony Dungy, Roger. All right, let's put him in a situation where he can just get himself together, stay out of the spotlight, and then emerge if, if he can put himself back in that position. And and then that was – that's what I was dealing with that I couldn't see, you know. That mm-hmm. was the blind that I couldn't see. And, uh, and I look back, you know, I, I recognize it maybe like five or six years later, but – I mean, you know, the older the wiser, man. And, yep. You know, I respect what the older and wise have to say. You know, um, Donovan McNabb, was he – how was that? Because you instantly became like – the like we all wanted to see you play. You know, it's like I really yeah. like Donovan McNabb, and I'm a Giant fan, but I really liked him. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I, I really soaked everything in from Donovan, man. Like, one thing Donovan got – is the respect of, of, of the Philly nation, man, the, the Philly fan base. Like, they know they came close with Donovan, and Donovan, you know, they tried a lot of years, man. Donovan was solid. Yeah, so I watched Donovan, man. Um, I watched Donovan, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, closely, just to see how he carried himself, you know what I mean? Like, I, I had so much respect for him that I, I knew, like, I had to take advantage of that. Like, I had to take advantage of, you know, all the expertise that I can get if I wanted to be a starter for another five, six years. And, and Donovan was in my corner, man. He helped me out. He helped me out. That's dope. So what was the Eagles team and moment that keeps you up at night? The way we talked Atlanta. You asked some good questions, man. You asked some good questions. Hey, so so look, in the playoffs, right, against uh, the Green Bay Packers, let me just take y'all back in a moment in time, man. Um, <laughs> Because this one right here really mean a lot to me. This one really mean a lot to me. We talked about my chance. We were talking about my chances of going to the Super Bowl, at least, you know, having the chance to continue to play in this playoff. 
in practice that week, Riley Cooper, um, he was in practice, and I hit Riley, you know, down the sideline on the bomb. I, you know, I lobbed it up, and Riley, about 40 yard pass, and Riley, you know, we went up and, and took the ball from from a corner. Like, you know, Riley was 6'3", and like 225 pounds. We like, yo, start using that big body and athleticism to take the ball from the DB. So I'm going to just start throwing it up, and you, you go get it and put it down. And he did it in practice that weekend, a two-minute drill, and I'm like, that's what we want to see. He was a rookie. I'm like, but that's what we want to see out of you. Man, we get in the game in the same situation. A minute, some left. We driving to win the game. I got Riley on that same play in the same spot in the same drill. Like, this rarely happened. I'm like, this is this our moment. We worked on this. He, he might not have been thinking that, but I'm thinking that because I got the ball in my hand. And, I'm, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm directing traffic. We call this play. I heard it come in. I'm like, this is the same, same defense, same look. Man, I put it up to Riley, man. And he let the DB take it from him. Oh, he let the oh DB my take God. it from him, bro. Like, same, same spot, left side, down the sideline, same ball. Nah, I'd mm. be sick. Sick. He got big man, though. He, like, he let do him He let him He let him awesome. <laughs> You were supposed to moss him, and, and if, if he do that, we win the game. We go to Atlanta. Check it out. We go to Atlanta the next Ooh. week. Play Atlanta to go to the NFC Championship game, and how cool that would have been. I remember like, that. So I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking ahead. Like I'm thinking ahead. I'm, but yeah, man, that was the moment there. Yeah, that that one right there still haunts me to this day. Dude, your return to Atlanta would have been epic in the conference championship game. Yes, man. Yes, like I, I'm like yo. They wouldn't know who to root for. I'd have put him in a vulnerable position. You had to let him know when you hit the sidelines or nah? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I just show off in the A, bro. I just show off. I don't care if I got another uniform on. I'm showing off in the A, straight up. Man, you, were, you are of legend in the A. Yeah. I miss it there, too, man. It's a great city, man. Good people. Trying to get it together there, you know. Yep. Uh, hopefully they win some more games so they're going to be change going to be coming real yeah. soon feels that way um so what happened in um after philly i know you went to the jets i could have told you yeah. not to do that yeah you could, somebody should have called my phone i should have told you not to do that but, but i will say this i will say this i can't you know no shade to the jets man the organization was great um you know we didn't win games but I, I learned a lot that year, man. I learned a lot about myself. Um, I learned a lot playing a backup role. And, uh, you know, I could see things kind of like sprouting. You know, things was going downhill, you know, once that happened. You know, because, you know, I'm getting older. I'm year 13, 14, and I'm just, you know, you're aspiring. You want better. You want better. Hey. But, yeah. And then I went to Pittsburgh, and that was cool. I got to wear the black and gold. That was amazing. Um, yep. Cool experience living in Pittsburgh, you know, and, and you know, it was right up the road, yep. you know, from Philadelphia. So, man, it was still, it was still like home. When you retired, did you feel like you still had it in you? Oh yeah, I felt like I had a couple downs left, man. Even though I was, even though I was weighing down, like I feel like I still had more to give. Um, I was just going to resort to playing the game from a, just a pocket standpoint, um, and, and not trying to not trying to run as much, 
You know, because in Pittsburgh, I played three games, and it took a month for me to get my legs back. And I didn't train in the offseason as hard as I was supposed to. So if I was going to come back the year 14, I was going to train super hard that offseason. But I, need to be, I needed to be guaranteed that I was going to get picked up somewhere. And um, it didn't happen, man. You know, so I felt like, you know, I was forced out. I wasn't ready by no stretch. But I was, I was getting tired. Yeah. And then when I did retire, I, didn't, I, re I really didn't I really didn't care. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm done with it anyway. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I spent the last, you know, 40, 30 years of my life playing ball. And I was like, yo, I need to move on to something else. And I assume that, you know, you had set yourself up, too, because, I mean, I think it was back in 2011, which was, like, groundbreaking, right? Nike yeah. re-signed you after yeah. they had to drop you in 2007. So you had started yeah. building your career up again off, yeah. the, off the field. Yeah, and, and all the relationships was there, like, you know, with some of the top corporate sponsors. You know, it wasn't the biggest, most lucrative deals, but they, they hung in there and was like, look, man, we – we like you as a person, you know, we like you as a person, you know, your market value might not be the same because yes, you know, it, it was a detriment, you know, what you went through, but you know, we're not going to leave you high and dry. You know, we support you, you know, and, and, and these was like corporate people, man. I'm like, you know, it's mean a lot, man. It mean a lot. People who wasn't like me, it don't look like me, you know, um, you know, white people, you know what I'm saying? Who it was in my corner, like, and when they didn't have to be, they cared about me. Killed my my boy being my family, and that meant a lot to me. Straight up, I imagine. And I, and by the way, it those people are incredible for that. But it says a lot about who you are and who you were, and and people knew that, you know. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's why things turned around for you. You know, if I if I ask if, if someone asked me in two thousand seven that in two thousand twenty I could envision where you are now, working for a major network. Um, you know, people respect you as one of the greatest athletes, truly. Um, and and, and yeah. I don't know what I'm not talking media. I'm talking about like when you're when yeah. you're out at night and you're having some drinks and you guys want to talk athletes, your name's going to come up in that first conference. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Do you feel like in a lot of ways you're like the model of redemption, dude, like for athletes in general? Yeah, man. Um, when you think about redemption, man, you got to think about my story, man. Like, and the crazy part is, man, like, it wasn't by design, though. You know, it was like, it, it was what God put on this earth for me. You know what I'm saying? For, for me. And, and it was times that I was in prison. I'm like, man, why me? Like, I was in, like, this small room right here. I was in a room like this with a bunk. That's it, man. The sink. You know, all day. All day. And I'm like, man, why me? Like, so, there's a lot of why me moments. Um, but... I just feel like it helps so many people. Like a, a, a parent can be fussing with her kid. Yeah, yeah. And don't, you know, you see what happened to this guy? Might help somebody. Yep. Might help somebody, man. The story might help somebody. Might encourage, you know, some people. And, and, and that's what it's about, man. It's about encouragement, nothing else. Well, Gianni, you're, Gianni's 25 years old. I can tell you, and I already know the answer, but what, what's Michael Vick's relevance and significance to 25 year old kids who may not have watched so much of his game completely present like as i said before we even got on 12 year old me is going crazy but like i mean you had a 
you didn't even have a football cleat. You had a lifestyle shoe at Nike. That's just how booming your like ambiance was. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it it hit me the other day, man. One of my colleagues on on Fox, Emmanuel Acho, was like, man, y'all still, he was making a reference. I still got to get my shoe signed by Mike. And I'm like, it hit me. I'm like, damn, I did really have a shoe. I forget that sometimes. I got a whole line. A whole, yep, one. You had three different drops, right? Yeah, three different drops. Well, I had. You know what? I had four drops. I had four drops, and the fifth one was coming. Like the fifth one was about to be crazy. And I always want Nike to bring that back. Like, yo, bring that fifth one back. But you know, you got to. Like, I, I feel like my my clique can always live on. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily do a lifestyle shoot, but that clique for what it represent: speed, elusiveness, athleticism. You It'd know, be the we hottest gotta, cleat. We gotta honor, if we drop we gotta, the Michael Vick cleat. You got to honor the talent that, that's, that's come before us and the talent that's going to come through the future. You know what I'm saying? So you do that by, you know, playing yep. that medium. You know, I fit the medium. So we'll see, man. Still big things to come with Nike. See, I'm, sure. ha- I'm happy to hear you say that because, you know, back all the way to what I said about you and AI is I believe you and AI have the most perfect canvas now to create – these generational business. You guys are still young. Yeah. I'm 43 years old. You know, KD believed in me and we didn't start our business till four years ago. And I see how much we've done yeah. in four years. So you're so right. young in the world of business that Nike making that fifth drop is the least of what should be happening. You know what I mean? What is your business right now off off the field? Or I guess you are off the field. What's your business today? Well, right now, man, like, like I'm, I'm real into... The trucking business, like I like, like I, I like commercial vehicles. So I, you know, got a dump truck business, and you know, do commercial real estate flipping with my wife. You know, she do residential. So we just been working on that. You know, what I'm saying on top of that, man. Fox keep me so busy. I just let her handle all that. You know, run my little dump truck business and be chilling, man. Like, you know, and and, and you know, outside of that, you know, always trying to. There's always something coming, man. Like the work with NFL Films and. You know, do a lot of breakdowns, and so I got I have my work cut out for me. You know what yep. I mean? But you know, still like to stay involved in, in what's going on and what's relevant. You know, documentaries and and you know, like I say, trying to continue to build my cleats and camps and and a lot of philanthropy stuff. Uh, in terms of prison reform, I'm, I'm gonna be doing in the future. I uh, got a couple meetings with Arthur Blank and and working on some stuff with Rock Nation to to, to help people, man. Like most important, like I feel like I had my feel. Like, I'm full, and I'm good. And, and every day I wake up, like, you know, it's probably, you know, 40% on how I can help myself and my family and 60% on how I can help change people, you know, people's perspectives, you know, how they living in the world and how they can how they can maintain. You know, I, mm-hmm. I hate the struggle, man. Like, I, I think the struggle just dictates so many problems for us as a people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, it's, we got enough money, man. We got to try to start trying to spread the wealth a little bit. One thousand percent, and me and me, you and KD, we're not going to break any news, but we're working on a film together. Working on Doc no together. Doubt. Yes, working on a cool project, really cool project for sure. Listen, man, I believe that timing is everything in life, and you've at different points in your life meant so much to different people. Um, but you know, I had one conversation with you before this, and I was blown away by just how impressive you are as an individual in this podcast just makes me feel like the sky is truly the limit like I don't think enough people know who you are um but you know what man I'm excited that I do and that we can build 
Um, I saw another yeah. business you started um, in the CBD business now. Yeah, we got the CBD business. Um, it's called Champions of Legends. Uh, you know, I, I'm an ambassador for the company myself, um, James Harrison. Um, who else? Jay Glazer from Fox, man. It's a couple of different guys. Like, And if you look up Champions of Legends, it'll give you the full list. But um, so, so, you know, throughout my career, I dealt with a lot of different injuries, man. And it be nagging, man. Like three three years ago, I had to have surgery on my ankle, and I've been out of the league five years. I had to have surgery on my ankle, and you know, I thank God I didn't have major injuries, but I had enough that you know they could still linger. So I was always looking for you know guys try this, man, or put this on your ankle because when it get cold, my ankle like it act up, you know. And like some days I get tired of it. I want to go play golf, and so I always been searching for like the right product, like I could put on it to make it feel better. Man, I tried Champions and Legends products, and I had plenty of CBD oil products that people just gave me. You see them in the store, like you tried, and it, it don't work. Yep, man, I haven't had a problem with my ankle since May of this year. Like real talk, like that. What Champions and Legends is doing, and and you know their formulas, they work. They legit. That's amazing. So man. like, I guarantee, I can almost guarantee. Like, I, I even experimented on my wife. I was like, before I sign with this company, because I'm real meticulous about how I go about that, before I sign with this company, make sure this, it worked. Worked on me. She had, look, like, shoulder butt. We was staying down in, you know, in a place where she wasn't sleeping good at night, you know. Yep. And, uh, you know, just neck was bothering her. And, you know, try this. You know, massage, little massage, you know, got that in. And at the same, you know, at the same time, you know, just yep. three days. She's like my little, you know, the project to work on it. Use it as an example when it worked. And I'm like, she ain't complaining about it since. I'm like, yo, so we good. I like how you work, man. You earn little points with wifey. Give her, you know, you're yeah. you're you're yeah, doing mark you're love. doing market research. She thinks she's getting a massage. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really I'm really trying to earn a buck. Yeah, exactly. You may not make the Hall oh, yeah. of Fame. You may not make the Hall of Fame, right? Like you know that, right? I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know that's yeah. I know that's part. Like that don't that don't eat at me. I, I, you know, realistically, I feel like I I ain't, I ain't do enough. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I did my part for, in history. For the sport and the revolutionizing of the position, and, and, and that, that's enough, man. So I, I know the Hall of Fame might not be yep. something that happened for me. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't share the tear. Do you do you feel universally forgiven? Uh, universally, no. Um, but you know, just in terms of you know, um, you know, standardized people and and you know the overall outlook, like people were like. The benefit of the doubt, yes. Yep. Yes, man. Live, live. You live and learn, and uh, hopefully, uh, you you stay in that lane. Like sh- short leash, though. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like super short leash, and and, and that's that's the that's what I created for myself, and I accept it, man. But you know that little pressure. I've been dealing with pressure all my life. We started this conversation up about you know growing up in Newport News, and that was pressure. And, uh, you know, now it's present come in different forms. I still got kids that I got to raise, and I feel pressure to make sure that they, they have, you know, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Yep. You know, so, you know, within the household, man. So it's never going to stop. <laughs> All right, man, listen, before, before we go, like this is the one cliche moment of the interview. I'm going to rank my top five quarterbacks right now. All right? Oh, yeah, I guess. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, and right now I'm going to go 
Russell Wilson. I'm going to go Mahomes. Okay. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Now, now I like that list. That, that list is legit. It's, it's, it's solidified. But, you know, if, if off camera, if y'all you want to talk about your list later on to somebody else, then you got to mention Ryan Tannehill in there. So if you're talking about the, just the present, right, what's going on right now? True. Okay. Okay. But if you're talking about a body of work, yes. That's yes. the list. That's the list. I, I can't see nobody else being in that list. Josh Allen, he tore in that list. Give him a couple games. But I like your list. It was spot on. That top five is the, this is amazing top five. And, and they all influential guys who yep. making their presence be known across the across the league every every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Without question. What number is Danny Jones on that list? Danny Jones, <laughs> Danny Dimes. They call him Danny, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, Danny Dimes. I love that dude. You know, the one thing I like about Danny, he's, he's super competitive, man. He's trying. You know what I'm saying? He's in his second year, so I won't hold that against him. Yep. Um, but even though your second year, you got to be flourishing. Yeah, he he still he, he ain't cracked the top twenty yet. You know, yep. he ain't cracked it. I just say that. How many years does a quarterback have to play before you realize they just trizash? Three. Three. All right. Years, standards were set high by. I always tell people this: the standard was set high by Matt Ryan and um, Joe Flacco. You know, as rookies, they went to the playoffs. Yep. So when that happened in like 2000, 2008, I held quarterbacks to a higher standard. Big Ben in two thousand four, I think, going to the NFC Championship game. It could be done. So yep. if you get three years. That's three years to win games and three years to get your money. Three years, all right? Three years. All right, man. We'll get back to the birthday. Enjoy. Thank you so much, man. This has been incredible. All right, dog. Y'all be good, man. Hit me when y'all need. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mike. Michael Vick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was I could have talked to you for another five hours. I think that, man, you are an incredibly special dude. You have been through a lot. You've learned a lot, you've inspired, and you want to keep inspiring, and this conversation was inspiring, and I appreciate your time, I appreciate getting to talk football with you and hearing about your life, uh, and let's um, let's do this again soon. So, thanks for joining the Out of Office Podcast, Gianni and I are out. Love.